What up, what up, what up? Thank you so much for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes State of Michigan. How's it going? Hopefully you had an amazing Memorial Day holiday weekend, however you chose to spend your time. Uh, busy, busy time in soccer, so those of us who took vacations over the holiday weekend maybe fell out of step a little bit with what's going on. So uh, myself, I didn't get to go into anything in, in person because I was on vacation myself, so I was able to you know, keep my tabs on it, but a couple friends and some soccer enthusiasts that I know were out on the town and spent their weekends or a considerable chunk of their weekends with the local soccer scene. So I've got Chris Rosen returning to the show. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. And Luke Zagorski. Hey, hey, Greetings. Thank you for joining the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Gentlemen, you both uh, went to various games, and I want to talk to you guys about that because the kids had the weekend off, but the professionals and the club teams were uh, definitely in the thick of it. Chris, what did you get up to this weekend? We'll kind of give an overview, and then we'll dig a little deeper. But what what uh, did you do for your uh, soccering this weekend? Uh, to, to get my soccer cravings in, I uh, spent the afternoon at Keyworth with the marathon of, uh, I think, around from maybe 3.30 onward down to 9.30, uh, taking in the uh, the men's uh, DCFC and then the uh, the women's team. I think DCFC uh, men's was playing Birmingham, and the women's team was playing Kalamazoo FC. Luke, you did quite a bit of uh, traveling for some soccer. What did you do uh, to to get your soccer fill in this weekend? Uh, we, we, we wanted to take a break this weekend, so you know we thought about Boca Raton, Florida. We thought about Mexico. But ultimately, I decided to spend my Saturday on a rickety minibus with the OCFC boys on my way to South Bend, Indiana. That's how I spent my Saturday, and it was glorious. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. That sounds like uh, you both uh, took in quite your fair share of the local club soccer. One thing that uh, bonds us all, uh, obviously, our love of the game, but uh, the fact that uh, we have the game right here in our backyards and uh, scattered across the globe. In addition to the games you just told us about that you went to in person, did you uh, go watch any too? Uh, maybe on the television? What was it? Sunday? Oh my God, my days are so messed up from the holiday. But Sunday, Sunday was Premier League Day, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So Sunday, oh no, I feel like something happened on Saturday. Oh yeah. So, oh my God, we didn't even talk when we were, we were pre chatting. So the Dortmund. The Barosha Dortmund mishap of the century happened Saturday morning, and I got to sit down and watch that game with a friend. Um, that didn't work out very well in, in my friend's favor. He was wearing a, uh, a yellow and black uh, Barosha jersey, and he gave me an old uh, old Holland jersey. It was, it was all blacked out. And we tried. We drank German beer, Kolsch, and uh, it just it didn't work out for us. So that's kind of that was how Saturday started. So it was definitely a long day. Um, and then I soaked out in the sun to watch DCFC. Um, but Sunday, um, the Premier League game, uh, we had every every team was playing at the same time, of course. And um, I decided to get a little action on that. And that was kind of um, – it made it fun, but it made it stressful. Um, I put all my money on really Brighton. I really thought they were going to um, come out with the win. 
And then I realized Mitomo wasn't even playing. And he was coming off the bench. Um, they eventually put him in. I still felt good about the bet, but um, actually uh, won most of my money on betting on ties uh, with old faithful Liverpool. And I think I bet a man, man, you to tie and they actually um, pulled it out. And I think there was one more game, but yeah, um, I'm a little bit of a derelict. Um, might might be a degenerate. Oh, I, I feel like I'm on a bit of a soccer overload uh, with uh, the local, international, multiple uh, national leagues. So on Saturday, Chris, you watched Dortmund have epic fail, and then you went to back-to-back games at Keyworth, and then on Sunday you went through the uh, the the Sunday finale. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't mention one of the coolest things that I got to watch. The game wasn't exciting at all, but um, really where I fell in love with the game was Barcelona. They um, It was one of their final games in the stadium for the next two years, so Camp New is going to be shut mm-hmm. down for construction. Um, so it was very um, a little bit emotional. And then they also um, they sent off uh, Sergio Busquets uh, for his final game with, with Barcelona. And then... Mad respect, uh, mad respect. And Jordi Alba as well. And I, I, I've never really liked... You know, I kind of have like a love-hate relationship with both those guys. Um, cause when they screw up, I just, those are my two, those are my two, the only two guys on the team that I just love it to blame it on them. But, um, yeah, it was a really cool game to watch. It was, um, uh, it was right after the premier league, uh, um, all those games ended and, and we had some wild endings with, with Leicester getting the boot and Everton keeping, you know, keeping afloat in the premier league. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it was, it was, it felt, it felt. I, I felt like I was in the right place at the right time just to be watching Barcelona. And um, I think they won three or four nothing. I think it was three nothing. Um, but it, it was nice. It was a nice um, nice way to end the season. I think, actually, believe it or not, Barcelona actually has one more, or the Spanish League plays one more week, which is at this point is kind of unnecessary. But it's been quite the weekend of uh, so longs in the, uh, you know, the, the overseas leagues. Uh, m- myself being a Liverpool fan, we, you know, sent off uh, four, you know, big time senior players and, you know, across across the, the 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 scope, there was so much. I feel like there was a lot of somber endings to, to, to leagues this weekend, like Dortmund losing and then Bayern won. But just because of a, like a failure from their their rivals and then they didn't even really celebrate truly because they fired all their their people. And then um, across England, uh, you know, there's the 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 mixed emotions of Everton barely making it, Leicester surprise relegation. A lot of people like you know have uh, you know emotional ties to them because of their meteoric rise and now fall. Um, and lots of players like look like they might be going elsewhere, retiring. There, there was a bit of an odd, like definitely fun and some exciting moments here and there, but definitely an odd finale weekend luke you said you spent the day saturday on the bus to south bend but you also on sunday got to watch uh your premier league team uh get to the champions league that must be a good feeling yeah i mean i watched united out of a sense of duty it was probably the least you know impactful game that i could have watched all weekend to be honest with you because yes there was a difference between third and fourth in the Premier League, but not, I mean, come on, nobody really cares about third versus fourth. We just wanted to make sure that we, we just wanted to make sure that we qualify the Champions League, did that, 
you know, it was a bit of a meaningless game, to be honest with you, other than hopefully we saw the last of Harry Maguire in a red shirt. Hopefully he's moving on, for crying out loud. Um, and it was nice to see, I won't lie, Rob, you know, I won't lie. It's nice to see. I, I heard a rumor today that they're actually renaming Thursday. It's going to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Liverpool, Friday. I don't know if you heard about that rumor, but uh, that's what they're going to do. So yeah, we're t we're taking uh, Manchester United spot on Thursday for a little I while. Yeah. I guess. So well, at least for one year, you can have all. Enjoy it. Exactly. Enjoy it. You earned it. But yeah, so I watched United out of a sense of duty. Uh, watched the crew as well. I don't really want to talk about that. Um, I gotta say, I, I just want to. I really, really, really wanted to give a shout out to little tiny Luton town. They got promoted to the to the Premier League this weekend. They have look, guys. They have. We, we all know about the Wrexham success story, right? They they got promoted from like League Five to League Four. I've been a Wrexham fan most well most of my life, as it goes. Like a proper fan. Like I, re I actually follow the team. And I, I made up for them. But the Luton thing is a completely different angle altogether. It, this is insane. If anybody hasn't had a chance to look on Google, take a look at Kenilworth Road, which is the stadium that Luton play in. It's a cow shed. Just, nobody has any business playing football in that thing. It's just, it's, it's, it's awful. It's ugly. And honestly, Luton Town have absolutely no business playing in the Premier League. They don't. No business at all. But you know what? They did it. They're doing it. We're going to see Luton Town in the Premier League next year and more credit to them. They are the absolute epitome. Nine years ago, they were playing non-league. Now, the, now they're in the Premier League. This is the stuff that Wrexham fans actually dream of. They've done, they've done what Wrexham have done times five, you know, and uh, they don't have any business being where they are, but they are where they are through incredibly sound management, solid scouting, excellent coaching, a real belief in the, in the fact that they can achieve something that's really not supposed to be achieved. I cannot think of what the U.S. equivalent would be because we obviously don't have pro-rel, pro-motion relegation in our leagues. But the best example I can give is, okay, Toledo Mudhens suddenly being granted uh, uh, a major league, you know, a major league franchise. And all of a sudden, this tiny little team that nobody knows anything about are all of a sudden mixing it at Yankee Stadium and Fenway and all the, and all those great places, you know? That's the equivalent of what we're seeing now. Yeah, Luton Town have no business being in the Premier League, but they they are where they are through hard, hard work and, and genuinely following a dream that in the, in the grand scheme of things in modern football should not be attainable. Honestly, their stadium makes Keyworth look like the Emirates. You know, it's an old crapped out piece of rubbish. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They they've they've they shot for the moon and they made it. And I'm so happy for Luton fans. Not that there are that many, but it doesn't matter. Honestly, guys, as Michigan soccer fans, if you don't know much about Luton Town, jump on the internet, do a bit of reading, and I promise you, you've probably found your second team. I enjoy their 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 uh, their badge is pretty fun. It's definitely like a, a blast from the past. Um, but uh, the most concise uh, to kind of put a bow on our international talk, the most concise review of uh at least the english season was that good decisions were rewarded and bad decision making was uh was punished just with you know lester's you know probably a year and a half of of bad decisions um everton got away with theirs once again but you know uh slowly building something together was rewarded with uh the brighton and aston villa Newcastle showing, uh, you know, big improvement. And then, uh, yeah, just that. But you referenced Keyworth and Detroit City FC comes to mind, of course, 
And so I do want to turn my attention to that. Uh, Chris, you went to both games. I'd like, let's start off with uh, the men's game. Obviously, um, in the USL Championship, they've had a tough go, but it looks like results are starting to turn around. And uh, we've started to see, they started to score a little bit, and little by little, the goals are starting to come. Defense is starting out. They got another 1-0 win over the weekend, and it was pretty spectacular. Why don't you uh, kind of give us uh, your uh, boots-on-the-ground review of uh, how, how Saturday at Keyworth went? Absolutely. So total marathon, um, probably, what, 80, 85 degrees out in the sun, um, but well worth it. Um, plenty of people there for a, for, for a holiday weekend. Um, for the men's game starting out, uh, I thought it was the best they looked all season. Uh, defensively, offensively, Nate still, of course, does his thing every week. Um, but they look sound. And, and and the performance really started out with number 21, Maxi Rodriguez. He looked like he was his 2022 self uh, again, which is amazing. They play like a totally different team um, in the mid and then really forcing the ball upward um, you know, to, to result in a goal. Um, when he when he when he's on when he's when he's playing well, um, I think he might have had the goal of the season for me right now, um, or at least a contender. Um, really putting in just one extra burst of speed, winning the ball. Um, defensively in the in the um, or offensively in the, the you know the opponent's uh, what back back line area, and then ultimately taking it outside of the foot uh, shot, hitting off the post going into the uh the, uh, the opposite corner so in my opinion uh best goal of the season for dcfc and that might be the turning point that they needed to to really just have some confidence and start playing um you know better football at keyworth and then for the rest of the season uh one one honorable uh mention is that they they've been coming out at home in the white and mint green color i don't know if that's the official color they're using but um, I don't think they've lost in those 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 kits at home this year yet. Um, so it's an interesting int- interesting choice of of kind of I don't know what the what the actual reason is. Uh, I know the their opponents were wearing black. Uh, obviously, they have another you know alternate jersey to wear. But um, you know sometimes when you're when you're having a tough season, you got to switch things up and and you know try on the away jersey at home, right? It is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely. They needed something to switch. And that's something, <laughs> I guess, within their control. But uh, back to Maxi Rodriguez, uh, his goal that the main part of the action that I saw was the the highlights of his goal. And just the aggressive step with the ball that he makes to get himself into that position wasn't a move that we were really seeing that mobility. We weren't really necessarily seeing that aggressive move in the box with the ball from him. And then that finish was absolutely spectacular. Was there a, a gasp in the crowd when uh, he's he sliced that off the outside of his right? Was it his right boot into the far corner? I was sitting on the uh, the northern guard side and and actually actually standing on the rail. So I mean, for me, I almost had a heart attack because I couldn't believe that I just witnessed it. And I was on the on the post side, so I got to watch the ball ping off the post back in. So you know, watching that live is a really rewarding feeling. Um, and, and I sometimes question what the Northern Guard does um, in moments of games. I, I don't really know if they know goal from a not a goal. Um, sometimes. <laughs> wow, I'll take, I'll what, take what, you mean, what do you mean there? Wow, we 
Wowie. No, I just, I just don't know. I, I, yeah. I mean, I sometimes I question if their their chance go with the uh, flow of the game because there could be a free kick and they're still uh, or a PK and they're still doing their thing. And I, I just, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go on. I'll go on record as uh, I'll take the criticism on that one. So you're saying that they're not necessarily following the flow to the, the way that you you might lead sort of thing like that. I've never been to a, uh, a game overseas, but I really want to see what the flow of, of, of that looks like with singing the chants and, and whether it interacts with the game tempo. And because and, I, I just to me, it's just kind of like a, a just just dancing and singing to sing um, as opposed to if we're losing, winning, have a, have a free kick opportunity. <laughs> but that's, uh, I might give myself trouble there. I have some experience in that area from European games and MLS games as well. And I can tell you that the chanting is supposed to stop when something interesting is about to happen. You know, the singing and the dancing is awesome and, and, you know, God bless the Northern guard, but you, 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 you are supposed to kind of stop and, 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 and watch the game and, uh, and keep up with what's going on on the field as well. So I, I respect the heck out of the Northern guard, but I, I kind of, I kind of sort of see where Chris is going with that. Yeah. yeah for, for me, there's a time and a place. And I think we, you know, you take away from those moments where, you know, when you had that really incredible goal, you know, you don't get to really just hear that pin drop and just, just go gangbusters to celebrate, right. you know, when, when, when that, 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 that moment is appropriate. So, um, <laughs> I heard a new one though, over the, uh, over the weekend or, uh, the past few games, they have one when, when, uh, when a DC player messes up and, and a DCFC player uh, hits the post or, Misses wide. There's there's some obscenities. It sounds like a Blink One Eight Two song when they when they miss. That was a fun one to to hear. Kind of. What is it like? Where's my aim again, or something like that? It wasn't. It wasn't. Where's my aim again? But that that might be. uh, Maybe I'll have to cover that at an Oakland County game later uh, later this year. (laughs) That would be fun. Um, So one last point on uh, that game. So you in previous weeks near the beginning of the season you were kind of critical of the style of the play would you say that like you enjoyed the general flow of the action yeah, no. more than earlier in the season no 100 150% like a total different team out there um you know it looks like Trevor finally got him ready to play it looks like um there's a belief in the system they're using it looked like it was working it looks like the the opponent it, it looks like they were getting frustrated they never had a chance to really penetrate into the box um, you know, at every every level, defensively and offensively, there there was a man there to 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 make that next uh, play when when needed. So yeah, for me, I like the lineup. The lineup they they brought it, it seemed like the lineup that made the most sense for me. It seemed like there was a lot of experimentation um, in, in the first six seven games, and it just didn't make sense. I mean, I know there's you know what twenty guys on a team, so you know you want to play every guy and see what you got, but at the same time. Um, and you know they don't really have a true preseason, so maybe that's maybe that's what what they're up against. But um, this lineup they put out um, to start out, I, I think that's what you want to see the next four or five games is something as close, you know, maybe one player here and here and there, no problem. But it seemed like it, this was a lineup that's going to get it done or, or give them the best best chance. Uh, it might be a little simplistic, but also seems like uh, form has turned around with uh, the weather warming up a little bit too. Um, it did seem like that first warm weather game, uh, they seemed much more uh, excited and springy uh, uh, on the level of play. But so then uh, following that was the women's game, right? Yeah. So the women's game. Um, what, what was the know, kind of the like, how did the one game end and how was that changeover? Like, what that, was that, that whole process? Over, like? 
that changeover was interesting, awkward, sunburnt, and perhaps a little drunk for some people that, that needed to head home and perhaps some people. Off. Some people, um, I first still, of all. I was, I was still there, so I was I was nor drunk um, nor sunburned. Um, but a no, man who can hot. handle his throws, I love it. <laughs> it was hot. It was hot, and I definitely. I mean, the first ten minutes I was at Keyworth, I was like, I don't know if I can, if I'm going to be able to handle this. This is this is a lot. It, like I was sitting on the the sun was just beaming right on me. I didn't wear a hat, so. But no, so the women's game. Um, you obviously didn't have to leave. You could watch the women's team warm up. Um, you know everything was was pretty cool. But I'd say, oh my gosh, it probably at least at least 60 percent of the people left. Um, and that said, you know, for the women's, you know, crowd at seven o'clock at night on a, on a Memorial weekday, a weekend, it was still a nice crowd. I'm sure the women had a blast. The, the, the North guard was, was still in full effect. And, um, believe it or not, those drummers were drumming for like five hours straight. So I actually felt probably worse for them than for the players of either team. Those drummers were really, really, uh, putting in their, uh, the free labor out there. So they went back to back games. The the drummers all stayed. That that yeah, I'm sure their their forearms were feeling it on Sunday. Yeah, I asked one of the drummers, and he said he was he said he was cool. He, said he didn't seem no complaints from him. So just uh, complaints from an uh, old guy like myself with the sun. I think it's a ter- <laughs> I think it's a terrific concept. This whole book ending the women's game with the men's game first. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity to showcase the uh, the women's team who are a very very strong team new but they've come a long way very quickly and they're able to give they, they're going to be able to give anybody a game you know at this level they, they seriously are they've come an awful long way very fast and uh dcfc fans should be proud of them and you know we've got you, you've got to get creative to work exposure to the women's game into the conversation uh, i think it was a terrific idea to to have one game lead into the next and you know shame on the people who well not shame on the people who left because not everybody's gonna you know, get it when it comes to women's football, but it's a great product and the women, you know, they deserve an opportunity to be seen by, you know, more than 50 people and a dog. And it probably, you know, it probably worked. It probably worked. And, uh, you know, I hope, I hope it continues. I wasn't able to make the game, but I definitely would, I would love that, that, that double header concept. I would love it. So when the men's team's out of town, the, um, when the women's have, when the women have a, a, a Saturday night, uh, seven o'clock game there's usually a fantastic crowd um i think for season ticket holders you can go to either one of the games so they, there's no no extra price there but um i'd say that, yeah the turnout if you ask the women's players i bet you that there's not another environment that's like that for them um to play in so i think um yeah, yeah i mean i it's yeah, I, I would probably give my left uh left foot to play one game in front of the uh the the, the wild northern guard of uh of cheering at all times right Absolutely. Me too. Those days are gone, but me too. (laughs) (laughs) But no, so that game, um, you know, it was a long day. So I, you know, I definitely was walking around and just kind of wanted, you know, I was down there by myself um, and, you know, saw a few friends and and then, and actually met met a few new friends. That was nice to kind of, you know, have some good soccer conversations. And um, I believe it or not, Kalamazoo ended up winning the game. They scored within the first four or five minutes. And I think I went out to get like a a Fago Cola or whatever the heck they have there. And, uh, I missed the goal, so I don't know if it was a good goal or a bad goal or a little tap in. Um, but it, it basically was Kalamazoo. They they got that early goal. DCFC had about every opportunity to score and probably 
60, 70% of the possession and they just couldn't seem to find the, the back of the net for the women's, uh, women's team. But it was, you know, it was funny. I thought, I said to myself, you know what, you know, I, I'm sunburned. I need to get out of here. I'll probably go home at some point. And I, I could have stayed. If there was a, if they had a DCFC boys game after, I would have stayed. I mean, I was, I was <laughs> the soccer. The soccer action was great. The, the women, the one thing that we noticed when we're watching the women play versus the men's play, the speed is maybe a hair slower, but it's it's actually more action because the, the women don't seem to kick the ball out of bounds nearly as much. You might get 20 minutes or 15 minutes of just action within the lines. So that's nice. Um, you know, the men's, the, the ball is always going out of bounds. and It's just testosterone-driven play back, back, back. And um, so that, that was, you know, the women were I, – I, I love watching them. It's great. So I'm happy the, that you made some friends, Chris, at the game. I've seen you in so I've seen you in action in a social setting. This guy could make he can go up to anybody and just make a friend. He you could lock him in an empty room and he'd find a new buddy. You've you I could imagine you and you 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 could make friends with a with a lamppost. If you bumped into Hitler in line for a for a for a for a Kabasi, you'd probably make friends with him. I mean, you can make friends with anybody, man, and I, I really appreciate that about you. I love that guy. No, I appreciate it. If you guys want to make friends with us, we're usually at the Oakland County games over the weekends when we're not at the DT- Detroit uh, City games or on tour buses uh, Amen. With, 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 with soccer teams. Amen. Yeah, before, before we move on, uh, I'll just reference real quick the uh, USLW standings that Detroit City FC women play in. Um, Six-team division, Kalamazoo FC, who – Defeated DCFC's women uh, 1-0 at the weekend. They are the top uh, in the league. And Detroit City FC, after five games, sit in fourth of six with uh, one win, one loss, and three draws. So um, moving up the table there, hopefully in the next few games, uh, mid-table after uh, after the five matches, but while Chris was getting scorched in the Kenilworth Sun, you rode the team bus with Oakland County Football Club into enemy territory. You went all the way to South Bend, Indiana, to see OCFC play the South Bend Lions. Give us a little rundown of uh, that uh, soccer experience there, Luke. Well, first of all, I don't like minibuses. They're very uncomfortable. I couldn't feel my ass at the end of it. I really couldn't. And I I felt like we needed to stop every like half an hour just so I could, I could you know, spread my, my gluteus maximuses out a little bit. It was bloody awful. And there were no seatbelts and, you know, whatever. But the game, it's, we, we had a great, we had a great time at the game. Um, it was their home opener. You kind of got the sense that it wasn't as well publicized as, for example, OCFC's was or Flint City's was, you know, it, it kind of felt like it wasn't a huge event in the town, like you like like you would hope. Uh, you know, the, 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 the you know the crowd wasn't it wasn't awful, but it wasn't packed to the rafters like you would hope for a for a brand new venue uh, and a home opener for you know for a local for a local um, what are we calling it pre professional team amateur high level amateur team, you know. But on the plus side, they played in a much nicer venue than they did when we last went down there. Uh, I believe it was two years ago. The stadium that they played at before, it was it was like a it was it was so strange. It was surrounded on all four sides by a brick wall. 
No, no, not a lot of light got in. It wasn't a great atmosphere. It sort of felt like you were playing in like a prison yard, for lack of a better expression. But this stadium was a it was a, it was a high end, uh, private high school, and it was a great facility. It really was, and uh, the soccer was good. Three 0 win. Um, two of the goal, all of the goals came almost immediately. Like we sat down and it was two 0 It was crazy. Two of the goals were absolute just top-ins. Really, really, really nice goals. If anybody gets a chance to watch them on the highlights, it was a, it was a, it was an absolutely beautiful finish by uh, a young man making his debut. And then it was a screamer of a free kick as well. And uh, a really nice, nicely worked third goal as well. And then after that, I think Oakland County kind of sat, sat back a little bit and just dictated the tempo and the flow of the game by keeping the ball, just kind of keeping everything in front of them and handling – <clears throat> excuse me, handling any, any offensive threats from, from South Bend as they came, you know, I, I, obviously as a fan, I, I kind of want, you know, if you're three nil up after, after like nine, nine seconds, which is exactly how it felt. Trust me. If you're three nil up that quickly, you, you, if you're thinking, okay, you know, there's gonna be a football score. There's gonna be, there's gonna be a cricket score now. There's gonna be 10 zero, but we didn't have a lot of chances after that. And I was a little bit disappointed, but you kind of understand why it's a hot day. It's a new team with a new coach playing a new system. And you you can't just expect, you know, five, six, seven, ten nil every game for crying out loud. Uh, the, the OCFC controlled the game. Um, they got a good, you know, they they got some some good runouts for some newer players. Made some wholesale changes at halftime. Again, you completely understand that when you're three nil up, and um, played really well. We're in third in the division of six right now, just behind the playoff spots. And look good value for it. Undefeated after three games. Again, brand new coach, brand new system, brand new players. These things take time. There's no preseason at USL 2 level. They only train a couple of times a week due to due to the obvious, you know, outside commitments of real life. So I, I think, uh, you know, Coach Doyle, he came to OCFC with a great reputation. A lot of people were kind of, a lot of people were kind of surprised that he that we were able to snag him. You know, for lack of a better expression, and uh, he's beginning to show why. There's a lot of discipline and a lot of defensive rigidity in the team that we maybe were lacking in prior years. And uh, seeing it up close, it's just very exciting, very exciting indeed. So yeah, great trip, uh, great win. And uh, I, 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 next time I'm driving, I'm not taking the bloody minibus again. I'm not doing it. How late did you get back that night? Um, let me think. Like one, I think. Because shout out to Royal Oak Leprechauns, who are a brand new baseball team who provided transportation for us, uh, for the team. They are a, a, a major league baseball affiliated, super, 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 super minor league team who are debuting this summer. Getting getting quite excited to go down and see what that's all about uh, at some point in June. Um, yeah, I don't think they they're look, brand brand uh, new because they're the ones they? that like put the, the new seats on that park that's over there at Coolidge. And uh, thirteen mile. They've only played a couple, a couple seasons. I just know that one of the guy who has uh, been uh, the PA voice a couple of times for he uh, also has done Leprechaun. So there's a a budding right. relationship well, I stand, between. I'm a, I'm a soccer. I'm a Rob. I'm a soccer man. I'm a soccer guy, man. I I didn't know that. I stand. I'm happy to be wrong. I stand corrected. Go Leprechauns. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, their setup's just a little bit different, just around the corner. But I'm glad to see uh, there is uh, travel arrangements and uh, a growing uh, 
relationship there between uh, those the sure. Royal Oak-based uh, sports teams. But uh, congratulations to Coach Doyle for getting his first USL2 win and keeping uh, County in the shop window in the Great Lakes uh, division of USL2. Um, but uh, we're recording late on Wednesday, May 31st, and uh, the the schedule continued um, both in USL2 and Midwest Premier League. But one of the uh, the big notes of the day was uh, up in Flint at 1130. Uh, they, Flint took on uh, Lansing City in their school day game where they got, I think, between four and 5,000 school kids bust in for a soccer game uh, in the middle of the school day. And uh, the Bucks came out with a 4-1 victory, which brings them top of the table, which uh, is no big surprise that the, the Bucks are once again uh, one of the teams to be in the division. Um, in other score lines in the division here midweek, outside of that uh, 4-1 midday school day game for the Bucks, uh, South Bend Lions, who we just, the aforementioned victims of the County 3-0 uh, result uh, tonight at home again, AFC and Arbor went into South Bend and got a 4-1 win. And then if I refresh my page, there was another game on the calendar tonight on the west side of the state, Midwest United FC versus Kalamazoo FC, two teams um, with uh, results trending in unexpected directions, Kalamazoo FC, two-time back-to-back division winners here, are uh, winless. Uh, they lost 4-2 to two this evening uh, against Midwest United. So um, interesting developments. It seems like uh, some of our maybe predictions or forecasted thoughts on how this division is going to go is a little bit different with Kalamazoo maybe not being at the level they, uh, like I said, won the league two years in a row and uh, I don't believe have secured a victory uh, so far. Yeah, they are uh, zero wins and three losses after three matches. Bucks, three wins out of three matches. Midwest United in second place, five matches played, 10 points on the board. It is kind of intriguing, though. They do the standings in USL 2 with uh, points per match. So uh, the Bucks with the three-point-per-game average, uh, bringing them to the top of the table over Midwest United, who has 10 points but has played the five matches. Oakland County FC with the five points after three matches keeps them in the shop window with 25 percent of the season under their belt so exciting times there no, it is i think i think we can all agree that the usl to our division our division could probably have done with a little bit of a shake up it's nice to see some different names and uh you know some different locations in the mix at the top of the league it really is well i mean last year it was kalamazoo Bucks and then Ann Arbor started off hot, trailed off, and finished third, which seemed brutal. But uh, um, someone, I, I, I feel that uh, Ann Arbor's taken a loss already, but I feel like they are going to be in the mix. So the top two at this point, you got to still think are Ann Arbor and Flint, and who's who's going to challenge them this year uh, to be determined. Will it be the uh, 
um, Midwest United, Lansing, or will it be this time? Uh, will it be Oakland County trying to stir up that uh, that pot? Yeah, the last one. <laughs> we are coming close to the end of our our time here on this Zoom call. Um, so we're midweek. This podcast should drop Thursday or Friday, right ahead of the weekend. I should say that I will be doing another episode. Hopefully, we fit in some time. Myself and Craig Hearn for another episode of Detroit Soccer Dads. Hopefully that hits your streams on Friday. And I'll probably be mostly be talking about uh, Flint City coming to Royal Oak to take on Oakland County FC. Do you guys have uh, anything on your sporting calendar? How about you, Chris? I'll do my best to get out to uh, to Oakland County this weekend. That game's going to be um, held at, where is it, Shrine High School? Yes, for uh, a one-off uh, location change at Shrine, also in Royal Oak. Live one night only. <laughs> I'm trying to think of. I don't. I'm assuming Detroit City's out out of town. I'll have to look that one up. But uh, you've been going to a lot of Midwest Premier League games, right? I certainly have. Uh, probably. Uh, I'm trying to think of the. I don't know if it's a healthy amount or unhealthy amount. Well, you went to uh, two games in Detroit, and then uh, you went to uh, uh, what you do? You did you watch some on Sunday, and then you told me you also went to watch some liquid football uh, in some Midwest Premier League action. And you said that that game uh, they took on AIM. We should talk about that for a minute before we go Midwest Premier League action. Um, I actually have the standings up here, but uh, you saw Midwest. Premier League action between Liquid Football and AIM, and that game got a little saucy. I should shout out uh, Inter Detroit is top of the table after winning it last year, followed by the Jaguars, the Stars, and um, and Liquid Football, Detroit Union, AIM Cedars, Thundercats, and Troy United, all having played uh, a different amount of games, so can't draw too many conclusions on standings with a so, um, so with a team playing five and another one just playing a couple. But uh, what have you thought of, uh, just kind of uh, succinctly, what, what have you thought of uh, Midwest Premier League uh, that you've taken in so far? Yeah, I think it's it's been a lot of uh, a lot of fun. There's definitely been some um, crossover of players. I mean, there's even been, um, I think, some Oakland County players that have, have been playing on a few different teams. I'm just getting more touches on the ball in their, mm-hmm. their offseason of college. but. It's been um for yeah for me it's been a lot of fun uh, to see kind of the teams I think preseason I thought Liquid was gonna run away with it and right now it looks like Inner's uh, a couple points ahead of everyone but um definitely yeah definitely some fast fast paced uh, touches it's I think it's a little slower than USL too um but that said I think you're still gonna see some good strikes some good um good pace and and overall um and co- you know competition uh, last night's game um was a weird one. Um, I'll tell you why. Uh, at Fordson High School. I guess that's where AIM is playing their home games. Um, they had a little mishap with the lights. So the game had about a 30-minute delay. I got there a little later, just out of my nature of my schedule. <laughs> and um, so I got there. I, I think I thought I was going to be about arriving around halftime. And because of the lights, I think it was only around uh, maybe the 18th, 19th minute. So um, first half was uh, – Sloppy, but there were some moments of uh, Liquid's attack and strategy. It seemed like they, they wanted to attack the uh, the left back of, of AIM, and 
they kept sending long balls all all first half to that to, to that uh, that forward. They were really just it was that was it. So it was weird. It wasn't the most attractive brand of, of football to watch. Um, there was a little scuffle right before halftime. A fan joined Ooh. the field. A fan got kicked out. Um, you hate to see that just because yeah, obviously there's players and refs and um, you know obviously with the player or the uh, the ref uh, in Livonia you know, passing away a few years ago, you, you hate to see any. Uh, you know you just, you want to see everything as much as much control as, as, as there can be. You know with the you know for player safety, uh, ref safety, coaches safety. Um, so Amen. Uh, about one minute going into halftime, there's a free kick on about the 18th. Uh, I'm going to talk football field terms, but the, the hash marker on the 18 yard line <laughs> and George, uh, you know, former great DCFC, uh, great George Chamakov lines up and takes a, a incredible free kick and puts it in the top right bend. And, uh, it had to feel really special for him. I, I think it just, um, it just kind of goes to show you still got it. And, and that was basically a send off into halftime. So that was pretty cool. One, nothing in the half. Um, second half opened up. Um, I would say, you know, in the night, you know, 70, 90 minutes I saw of soccer, I think only about 20, 25 were, were quality. Um, it was a lot of just a lot of fouls, a lot of messy football. Um, you know, it just wasn't, wasn't quite an attractive uh, game to watch as a spectator. Um, it, it looked like something scrappy. I, I, my prediction, you know, when I first got there, first 10 minutes of watching it, I thought there was going to be a, maybe one or two red cards. And quite frankly, I'm surprised that that, that didn't happen. I know uh, one of Ames players uh, lunged with two feet into the goalie of liquid football and got him, I believe, in the shoulder. And how the ref missed that, I have no idea. If there was VIR, for sure it would have been a red. So there, there was a there was a challenge where the foot was so high it hit him in the shoulder. It was bad. I, I, yeah, it was one of those ones where I think the keeper had had it in his in his command. The ball, you know, the ball kind of bounced, had it in his command, and it's kind of kind of a late rush in. So you know, you don't you don't hate the striker for trying it, but there's a there's a point where you realize that you probably shouldn't be putting two uh, two studs into your uh, your opponent's. Uh, keeper's uh chest or or shoulder so yeah i thought it was hogwash um i, I you know i've been kind of actively rooting for liquid football all season um so um you hate to see that um aim did score a, a, a goal and i think they even you know t- they had their opportunity to win the game um they hit the post instead so that was a little interesting and the game ended up in a, a 1-1 tie um, but I would say, yeah, I, the, to summarize, it was a messy game. Um, I'm glad nobody – actually, there was there was a one really serious injury. I think it looked like maybe an ACL, so that wasn't wasn't fun to witness. Um, so hopefully uh, the, the, the Ames player is recovering uh, uh, you know, fast or speedy. Yeah, I sure hope so. And in that, that with the pre-professional level, an injury is, is, is really the, the ultimate bad – occurrence and that's the, the last thing you possibly want um for these young players is to, to to get to catch an injury uh in the summer league but uh that is just about does it i was going into this uh recording session thinking this is a weekend review but after thinking back on our conversations this almost seems more of a uh conversation that is a soccer fanatic co- uh confessional <laughs> soccer fanatic confessional Sunday, 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 Sunday. 
That's all I can say. FA Cup final, Manchester United, Manchester City. Man City chasing a historic treble. Manchester United are protecting their legacy and fighting for their history. We don't want any other teams bragging about a treble. We want that history for ourselves. So Loaded Dice Brewery in Troy. Any Man United fans, any Man City fans. City fans are welcome. You just got to sit on the floor. Neutrals, if you want to come down, LDB, Loaded Dice Brewery is a great place to watch a game. Very, very hospitable. Um, that's where I'll be on Sunday. All right. So Saturday... Uh, it sounds like all of us are going to be in uh, Royal Oak at Shrine for Oakland County FC versus the Flint City Bucks. And then Sunday, uh, Luke's doing that thing about that team he was just talking about. And uh, <laughs> trying, to stay, <laughs> trying to stay in the conversation. Nice plug for that team over on uh, that side of the ocean. But uh, uh, hopefully that's an enjoyable situation for you, Luke. But uh, thank you, uh, Luke Sigorski and uh, Chris Rosen. Friends and soccer fanatics for your soccer confessions. Thank you so much for your time, guys. I uh, really appreciate it. And thank you, listener, for uh, tuning into the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, trying to bring as many perspectives as possible from uh, the game here in the Great Lakes State, uh, the game that unites us both here on Neighbors and then uh, friends from across the world. Be sure to check out the uh, the um, what do you call it the what feed the podcast feed that's the one have uh, well over 110 episodes from players coaches fans journalists and all sorts of uh, soccer related folks and then uh, YouTube trying to post as many of these episodes on there as well. Be sure to check out Detroit Soccer Dads as well. And then thank you to Jenny Hajnaki for editing the podcast as always. And thank you to the Michigan Soccer Central core team. Be sure to check out at MI Soccer Central across all the social medias and uh, get involved and uh, stay up to date. Um, big shout outs to the uh, high school girls well into the postseason, uh, meaning to get up to date with that as we speak now. The uh, district finals are going down. So congrats to the finalists for making it there and uh, all the best and congratulations to those winning the district uh, finals here in the next few days, the end of May and the beginning of June. So until next time, everybody go see some soccer and enjoy your soccer.